Hello and welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. I'm the guy who knows nothing about anime, Malcolm McLeod. And join us once again. How many times has this been? I think it's been like, is this, like your, is this your fifth time? Well, I was going to ask if I'm now the most recurring guest on this podcast. No, um, Domenico <laughs> cheated. Domenico cheated because he did um, four episodes of Dragon Ball uh, Z when we did the miniseries with that. Um, but I think for individual And then he shows, did a Baki episode, and he also he, did... He's done the, Baki, he's done JoJo. Uh, JoJo. That's it, though. He's only done six? Fuck, I think Domenico's almost shit. Oh, he's going to do seven when we return to Dragon Ball. So he's done six so far. He might get seven in the near future. You're closing in. You're on the, you're, you're on the track. Well, that's five for Logan. However, you have done five individual shows, which is more than Domenico, because yeah. Domenico has only done three individual shows. There you go. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, if you couldn't tell already, joining us once again is Logan Middleton. Oh, hey. Good to be here. And you are on a very special episode because this is the true conclusion to our Cowboy Bebop miniseries, week seven of it, uh, with us covering the entirety of the Cowboy Bebop live action series. And uh, it's a good thing we recorded this when we did because had we recorded it um, earlier, uh, much closer to the launch of the show, uh, we wouldn't have found out the crucial detail, which is that this show has been canceled. (laughs) Well, to be fair, the show was released on Netflix, and within two weeks, they're like, we're not bringing it back. So, yeah, which is like, there are Netflix shows, like Squid Game hasn't technically officially been renewed yet, for instance, which is like the sign that like Netflix is really working on a deal. Uh, and here they're just like, yeah, we're not bringing this back. Like, this is like, we, we saw enough. And honestly, as an audience member, I saw enough from the several episodes that I watched of this season. So I'm going to come across... I've watched this now twice over because I binged it in one day. How? How? (laughs) How did you do that? How did I do that? How many episodes did you watch? I watched uh, six of the episodes. Oh, why did I watch all of them? What a waste (laughs) of time. (laughs) Uh, I will be honest. I did watch like bits of the other episodes I didn't fully finish, but I was just like... This is boring. And I would just skip to parts that I wanted to, like, see. That's a fair... Yeah. That, that counts as a view, I think. I think that counts as a view. Okay, then I guess I, on a technicality, much like uh, Domenico, <laughs> I watched the whole thing. Um, yeah, so let's briefly go into the history segment. So famously, kind of infamously, um, the first ad- attempt at an adaptation of Cowboy Bebop um, was around 2008 when Keanu Reeves was attached to the role. And I looked into this... Um, Obviously, and this isn't like John Wick Keanu. This is kind of, you know, it's after the Matrix um, revolutions. So Keanu is kind of doing movies like, you know, not, not great movies, like The Day the Earth Stood Still. So this isn't, this isn't like the Keanu songs. This is when Keanu is kind of... Yeah, this is like Keanu where it's like he's dangerously going towards doing like, you know, those like schlockbusters that like bruce willis does and like cuba gooding jr where you're just like just straight to dvd garbage like john travolta and like nick cage like i feel like he was in that period of his like career where it's like i don't know what's going to happen to this guy that's a good way of putting it it's it's not the keanu we know right now it's like when back when uh keanu was attached to this people were like ew, ew. keanu's not spike um and as we'll talk about i think maybe keanu now would have made a better spike um but that's kind of jumping ahead. So this this initial version did have a full script completed. Um, it stalled around 2013. But the premise was initially going to be like 
basically uh, a, a two-hour adaptation of the first episode. So it was going to be focused on the drug Red Eye and the fact that it was like giving people like superhuman abilities. Uh, so it would have been Keanu fighting a bunch of superhumans, uh, which is, you know, something he has experience in. You know, it sounds like your typical Hollywood adaptation. Um, Keanu Reeves said uh, the problem with the script was that it would cost half a billion dollars to make. Um, which I don't really know because as we'll talk about with how to adapt Cowboy Bebop, Bebop the anime is like quite grounded. And in fact, uh, the Netflix version tries to make things bigger than perhaps they should be. Um, so anyways, uh, jump ahead to like 2017 or was this? Yeah. It's around like 2017 sunrise announces a live action Bebop in 2018. Netflix picks it up, starts production around 2019 and uh, John Cho is cast. Uh, same with uh, Mustafa Shakir and Daniela Pineda. And uh, this is where the first bad luck of Bebop happens because John Cho injures his ankle and derails production nine I months. I thought it was an ankle injury. I thought he, like, tore his ACL. Something like that. It's whatever. Uh, whatever. Either way, uh, it delays production nine months. They start, they're about to get back into production. And then the COVID-19 pandemic happens. So... This production um, had a lot of delays. They were probably expensive delays, which would probably add to the overall production budget and perhaps maybe why the bean counters at Netflix did not renew this to begin with. Well, yeah, that and they watched the show and then they were like, That and they watched the show, um, a number of factors. (laughs) And they were like, wait a minute, why did we trust Christopher Yost? to write this <laughs> what are the guys at midnight radio hacks maybe <laughs> this was a show i desperately wanted to be positive on um you'll you've obviously heard in our episodes we've recorded before the show came out that we were trying to feel positive about it um i binged the show in an entire day because i do think the show is actually an easy binge um which is why i don't know how malcolm took forever to watch it because for me i'm like oh well, i was giving malcolm my live updates you know I wasn't giving. I gotta be honest. I'll I'll be honest. I, I like take when I watch like live action shows. There's, we're in like you know we're in peak TV right now. Like we've got so many good shows that I honestly don't have the patience for something that I think is terrible. Like I come to the point where I'm like I gotta catch up. Like I still haven't finished Mr. Robot. I'm like got like half a season left of that, uh, and that's been a few years. You know I've got like. I was watching Yellow Jackets. That show's been incredible. You know, I've got Succession to watch, finish that. I was watching that weekly. And I'm just like, there's all these shows I feel like I am you know need to catch up on. There's like a bunch of Apple shows. Like people are like, you've got to watch For All Mankind on Apple. You know, people are saying like, go watch Physical also on Apple. Like there's just, we have too many like amazing shows. Like I, I was listening to a podcast, The Ringer's like best of 2021 for TV that they always do with Sam Esmail, who's the creator of Mr. Robot. And literally, like, their lists, like, are, you know, 10 deep. There were, like, 15 shows that they talked about I had never seen yet. And I'm just like, oh, I'm so behind. And so that's why, like, when I watch something like this and I just go, it's not even going to make an honorable mention. I just have a hard time sticking with it. I can understand you there. I guess for me it was just the the, the sick thrill of watching how they adapt this. I also think because I didn't have, like, the nostalgia of, like, oh, you know, I watched this, like, you know, the the anime 10-plus years ago. You know, now I'm revisiting it for the podcast and then going, like, well, there's some dated stuff. Like, I just was so enthralled by it and I was so impressed by it 
that like to watch them shit on this like show that I actually really enjoyed just made my head spin. And like, also, I'll be honest, I did a little research with some of this stuff, and like, they the people who were put in charge of adapting this, I don't think they watched the show. Like, I don't think they watched Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> I think they like kind of had an idea of they're like, oh, Cowboy Bebop, it's about cowboys, and then like in space, and then just produce this thing. So let's get, uh, before we jump into that, and that's definitely a very worthy thing to talk about, uh, Logan, obviously um, the fun of this podcast is that you haven't actually watched the anime Cowboy Bebop, so can you just give us your initial thoughts uh, before Malcolm uh, goes into to Overdrive, as it sounds like he's about to? Well, I just, like, I don't tend to have an issue binging things. Uh, I can usually plow through something, but I found watching this exhausting like it, it it has so much potential but jack you were telling me the anime is like 20 minutes long each episode show like the the episodes just drag and drag and drag like the pacing is is so atrocious that it's just like i found it very hard to stay engaged with the show i like the premise i think it's super cool i would probably like the anime but i i, I can't say i enjoyed watching this as i have you know with other things we've talked about on the pod that's and again obviously fans of the show uh were were quite negative although it's funny because once the show got canceled i've saw a lot of people saying oh i actually really enjoyed it and even now on like the cowboy bebop like facebook groups i'm, I'm part of online there's like a huge uh, portion of people who are like nah the show wasn't that bad guys come on they all have stockholm just... syndrome they all like oh no we have to wait 10 years for them to do another crack at this i don't know that bad was the issue i think it was just it's a netflix show. here here's how i would compare the show and this is what i compared it to friend of the show mark blankelfer when i was first watching it it reminded me a lot of umbrella academy which is a show that's acceptable in quality and because it's tied to a comic book nobody read then its flaws aren't as apparent. But Bebop is, of course, adapted from one of the greatest things ever made. So its flaws are significantly more apparent, as opposed to something like Umbrella Academy, where I binge it in a couple days and then forget about it until I'm reminded, oh yeah, that show exists and it's coming back. Fair. That's a fair sort of way to put it. There's just something about this world that they built that feels very empty when you compare it to like the world that was created in the anime that just felt much more full and more interesting. And I think the thing is, is that what knowing some of the, like what they were clearly inspired by, like in terms of episodes of the anime and then what they actually produced live action, it just like really drove me nuts. And like, we'll get into the details of that, but I felt like I was like, you kind of, these writers, these live action writers made and I do, and I part of it I feel like with some budgetary issues, like you could definitely tell there were certain things that I felt like they were like cheaping out on, and then other parts that were like really well done. But I also think what was weird about it, and I maybe this, you know, the first part of it is like although like the main cast is pretty is very well cast. Like, I couldn't help but feel like, and I really love John Cho as an actor, but I was watching it, I'm going, I think he was the wrong actor. <laughs> like, he just feels too old. Too old, but also, I think it's also just, and this is a lie of the show's tone, the tone of the show is so jokey 
Um, and it's joking. I mean, people have used the word Whedon-esque. I think maybe that might be a cheap shot, but it does have that kind of modern jokey tone as opposed to something like Bebop, which did have, which did have like a lot of funny jokes in it. Jokes really land is the problem. The, joke, the jokes were good, but also like the characters weren't really quipping. There were funny things that happened because the characters did stuff based off their character traits or whatever. But in this one, everyone's jokey, joke, joke. And uh, the, the jokes are bad, especially... Um, the, the you character. know what it reminded me of? Did any of you watch the TV show Z Nation or Z Nation? I never watched it, no. It's like this sci-fi show, like sci-fi channel show that came out a few years ago. And now, now it has like a spinoff. It's on Netflix called Black Summer. And what it was, it was like the comedic kind of version of The Walking Dead. Like it was like this low budget show Everyone was always quipping, and like one the lead one of the lead characters there was this character named Murph, and basically he was like bitten by a zombie like in the first episode, and like throughout the course of the series, he basically becomes the zombie king because he doesn't fully transform into a zombie. Like he's like half human, half zombie, and like becomes very weird and over the top. And I don't know why this show reminded me of that, but it, like the other side of it was like it wasn't a very good show. Um, it was like just like this weird sort of like kind of going for the walls. Like each episode was kind of like a different sort of villains of the week. And like it had similar things where this show did, which was like this campiness of like, and we'll talk about like the Teddy Bomber of this show is like fucking weird compared to the Teddy Bomber of the, the anime. And like this uh, Zed Nation basically would have like oh here's like a cult of nuns and they're like the enemies for the week and they're like you know got like a jesus you know zombie and all the rest of it like it was just stuff like that and i think the problem was is if this if i hadn't seen like the anime just so recently before watching this show i feel like maybe i'd have enjoyed it more but i felt like because I just watched the anime and then jumping into this live action show. I think that's what's like fueling some of my like thoughts, early thoughts at least. I mean, it's, it's impossible not to. And it's actually why when, when I was watching the finale, I actually texted Malcolm. I'm like, I think I'm into this, even though the finale, as we'll talk about is very fucking stupid. It's, it's, it is definitely a stupid uh, finale, but it's stupid in a way where I was finally able to separate the show, the, the live action show from the anime. Cause it does go in such a completely different direction. Uh, a direction that will not be continued. <laughs> so uh, uh, there's that whole thing. Um, obviously, there's 10 episodes. We cannot do our thorough breakdowns like we normally do. Um, so so in the interest of time, I think we should definitely talk about the first episode and specifically the first scene, because I think that articulates probably some of the issues and just the, the weird tone that the show has. Does that sound good? Uh, Logan, you're, you're our control group. You have not watched the anime. But as someone who has watched the anime and I just watched the anime film, this was extra jarring because the opening scene is an adaptation of the first scene from the Cowboy Bebop, the movie, yeah. um, which takes place in a convenience store and has a much smaller scale in this version. It's a ca- uh, casino, a space casino, as we later learn. When I saw this happen, I'm like, oh, this is what you're using as the opening scene? And I was like, oh, fuck. Here we go. <laughs> um. Because it's and it's kind of funny because me, Malcolm, and our other guest Robert, when we discussed the movie, we did say that scene is a very that version of that scene is actually a really good one to get you up to speed about what the Bebop crew are like. 
you know, because again, it's like, okay, Spike Jet, they're doing cool shit. They're being witty and, you know, all that, whatever. They take down some guys in an interesting way. But um, for one thing, this being a live action show, um, they wanted the scale to be so much bigger. So it's a space casino and there's way more guys. I think in the uh, original scene, it's only like four guys. <laughs> and that's where, that's where we kind of do everything. Ironically, anime, the anime is much more grounded than this show because in this show, characters are constantly killing other people. Um, there's way more dudes. Spike, who in the, in the anime can barely take out more than a couple guys at once before being overwhelmed, is uh, doing a bunch of John Wick shit now. Malcolm, do you agree with me? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, like I like it's it's interesting because yeah, in that original scene that Jack's referring to, it's all like takes place in like a convenience store, and so yeah, for it to be in a space casino is just like, huh, this is just it was jarring, and because it, it is like in terms of beats, like beat for beat, the the scene in the convenience store. I don't know. Like it's weird what you say. Like in terms of it wants to be bigger scale because I actually feel like this sets up me at least for disappointment. In which I was like, oh, okay, so they're gonna go do the space casino. Like it's a cool scene. They at one point like you know one of the uh, sides of the space casino like opens up and everyone loses gravity and like Spike's holding on to the side of like the poker table and I'm like, okay, I'm kind of into this. I'm excited for it. And yet I felt like subsequent episodes never really reached the high that that episode, like that kind of opening scene sort of promised where I was just like, okay, if you're going to like go for it, like really go for it. And I think, uh, like I said, I didn't watch every episode fully, but I just felt like, you know, subsequent like action scenes just didn't, didn't work as well. And like I this one kind of like doesn't work for, for the adaptation, but like it like was serviceable. Like I would be like, if that was like a big set piece and just like a movie I saw in theaters, I'd be like, yeah, that was good. They also play music from the movie, um, which again, it's so weird. It, so they they retain the original composer of the Cowboy Bebop uh, TV series, Yoko Kono, um, which again was like a cool thing. It got people excited. At least there'd be new new music uh, from the original composer. Yeah, that was dope. Like, that's it's sick that they're doing that, or like they did that. Where I was like, okay, you like that's the thing. It's like they do certain things. They're like stepping towards doing the right thing, and then they like do these left hand turns. And I honestly, I kind of believe The Walking Dead sort of ruined this for a lot of people. Where like, there's definitely times where audiences are like don't want to be surprised, but then there's other times where it's just like. You know, where they're like, well, the people who've seen the anime know this is what's going to happen. So we've got to veer to the other direction just to keep them on their toes. And yet I always feel like that alienates audiences sometimes, especially the ones who actually understand what's going on. It's really confusing because I actually enjoyed the episodes that probably went the furthest from the anime. I think episode seven, which I originally didn't like as much upon my rewatch, I think it's the strongest one, which is the, the one with Faye and her mother or fake mother, whatever. I think that on rewatch was like, oh, okay, this episode, now that I've taken my expectations for what it is, it's like, you know, a fun, certainly I would have liked more of that in a season two. But yeah, like, I mean, Logan, what do you think of that opening scene or even just the, the, uh, the initial episode? So, I mean, that opening scene was my introduction to this entire universe, right? Because I have no reference point to the anime. It's, I, that's it. yeah. it's so interesting. Like, there's such an interesting thing to have you not watch this, the anime. like. Uh. So, in terms of kind of what you were saying, Malcolm, that like the show never kind of reaches that sort of 
I guess as as weird and jarring of an adaptation as that opening scene is, like the show never quite I don't know, reaches that same point of like excitement, I guess, after that. Like it's like it throws all the cards right there, then the rest of it's kind of a lull after that, to be perfectly honest. Like you get more character development afterwards, but the action scenes are never quite to that point of spectacle at any point, I don't think, throughout the rest of the show. So, I mean, strong opening for a show that I know nothing about, and I don't have that prior knowledge of uh, the convenience store version of that scene. So I was like, yeah, this is kind of cool. And then after that, it kind of just, like, almost, like, fizzles out, never really reaches that same point of uh, hype, I guess. Yeah, because I think, like, in that opening scene, uh, and you, you tell me if I'm wrong, but, like, I feel like that's, like, the one moment where I felt like Spike in particular, like, looked like he could lose. And then I felt like every action scene afterwards, like, I never really, truly felt that Spike was in any real danger. No. In in the flashback episode of Episode Nine, that's another one where you just see Spike kind of uh, doing fake John Wick stuff, although it's uh, not particularly well directed either uh and then we get uh you know episode 10 which is uh the adaptation of like kind of the most famous uh shootout episode in the entire series and um that also uh does not really live up uh to some of the action in that one uh let's so here's in episode one uh there's another major change which is uh the character Faye, who who normally doesn't appear until a couple episodes into the anime appears and she is also uh chasing a bounty uh in the the original episode it's this um drug user of the drug red eye and he's got his girlfriend and in this one Faye is going after the girlfriend and when Faye appears i'm like oh that's a major change from the from the anime how is this going to change um where this goes and the answer is it doesn't it's completely (laughs) irrelevant uh, to the story, there's there's a couple beats about how the girlfriend is also wanted and she comes from some major family, but the character's fate is the exact same and Faye just kind of disappears. It's them making these changes that, you know, seem significant and then they aren't. It's just really jarring, I feel. Yeah, it's because they're like, we need to have Faye in here now. That's the, the whole I- dynamic, right? You've got, you know, it's it's three of them. They're like, they got to be quippy. And then it's like, no, 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 like... You're gonna like kind of respect the source material. I get it. Like these are 45 minute episodes. We're talking about like 20 minute, you know, anime episodes. Uh, you know, you can like you know say in that the pilot bring her in, but it's just like, yeah, you just if you're gonna do it, like I I don't know. It's weird because they they're so gung ho about this trio of Spike, Jet, and Faye, and yet the other big thing, and this is you know, uh, I think for those who've watched the show and. I guess you don't, uh, Logan, know the character, but it's like, for how gung-ho they are to get these three together, they're so scared of having yeah. uh, Radical Ed show up. <laughs> like, they're, they're the fear of Ed being there in person. You know, you could just feel the fear. They're like, oh my god, can, how do we pull this off? Lo- Logan, a jockey memory, Radical Edward is the small child that appears in the very last minute of the show. Um, I was wondering about that, because that... that this radical ed shows up in the last moments and i was like "Ooh, this is something where they were really setting up for season two and that's not gonna happen (laughs) i feel so bad for that actor um eden perkins who is non-binary um and you know listen i was not a fan of how radical edward was portrayed in that minute and a half that ed is in 
had the show been given a season two, I would have hoped they would have had time to adjust or again radical. Yeah, well, she, oh, they. I'll say they. They. They is they, 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 the, the actresses. Um, yeah, they like Eden. Yeah, didn't ha- get much to work with, and they didn't get the chance to like actually like do a li- real scene. So it's very hard to judge. And also, I don't want to judge a child actor for any kind of acting, to be honest, uh, especially in live action. You know, I thought they, like, captured a tone that was pretty reminiscent to the the, the anime itself. But also, again, it's bizarre that that's sort of, like, the hook of the end. Where, again, it's this thing for it's, like, a nod to, like, the anime fans. Like, hey, the major character's shown up. But, yeah, I guess for Logan, you wouldn't really know who that character is and why it's important and why that's, like, an interesting ending to the whole season or now the series. Yeah, I had no. (laughs) It's like, I guess this is the thing that's happening, I suppose. And and the the character Ed uh, refers to Vincent uh, Valangiu, the butterfly man, who is the villain of Cowboy Bebop, the movie. As we talked about Malcolm, uh, which again would be a weird thing for season two to do, um, just given the timeline, assuming they wanted to do three to four seasons of the show. There's there's so much going on, even just bringing up that, because uh, Malcolm, when we talked about Cowboy Bebop the movie two weeks ago, in the timeline of, of, the, of the air dates, um, we had mentioned that Vincent is not, uh, e- even the creator of the series admitted that Vincent is not much of a unique villain. He is uh, very close to Vicious. And uh, considering what the show does to Vicious, God forbid how they would handle Vincent in this adaptation. <laughs> Do we want to jump straight to talking about Vicious and how much he fucking sucks? Because I already knew he sucked in the end. I'm sorry, Logan. I feel like like there's so much that we're talking about about this anime and compared to this. And like you've only watched this show. And I feel so bad because the anime is terrific. Like I'm going to say this right now. Go watch that. Like you will actually okay. really enjoy it, I think. like Because like this is just a train wreck. Uh, <laughs> in, uh, no pun intended. Um uh, for uh, cowboy bebop fans, <laughs> like this is like I don't know. Like we could talk about how much vicious sucks, or we could talk about like in episode two that like Teddy Bomber is like a ripped, I don't know, teddy bear, <laughs> like with like, the teddy bear head and it's just like a ripped body, and it was like very yeah. jarring to see as a visual. That's so funny. <laughs> there, there's only so many so many ways we can talk about the show without this going on for ten hours. So yeah, I feel I feel going by character by character is kind of the way to go at least if you want to i mean yeah it sounds like for the most part when comparing to the anime uh things were jarring is what i'm getting (laughs) oh boy yeah oh my god no vicious vicious is a character who who in the anime uh does suck but you know he's kind of that edgelord cool of the late 90s you know he's kind of like sephiroth from final fantasy 7 or whatever but you know vicious in the uh the anime is only in five episodes uh vicious in vicious in this show i believe i think he's maybe missing from maybe one or two i can't recall he's in uh many many episodes in this show i thought he was was in all of them to be honest but no it's um, all kind of melded together in my brain no don't worry like honestly like vicious is probably like the most true of the adaptation of these characters because i he's just sucks as a character but now here's my question here's my question is vicious sucking and intentional on the part of the showrunners because i do feel to an extent they are kind of commenting on like toxic masculinity or maybe making Vicious an incel or some shit. 
because watching this a second time, I think his patheticness is intentional. It's just you're not enjoying watching it. He's not like an Adam Driver, Kylo Ren type character where he can make that interesting or like Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Uh, instead, he just sucks. I feel bad for the actor. Like, I don't think he, like, I, th- I think he's a good actor. Like, I remember him as, uh, what was it? He was translucent on uh, The Boys. Yeah. Oh, he's that guy. Shit. Yeah. Hey. So it's like, he's a good actor. Like, oh, you look wow. at his credits. He's, you know, he's in The Tragedy of Macbeth. Like, oh, shit. I'm going to see know, that tomorrow. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> good actor. Um, but this one, I, again, I just felt. Like, I don't know if any actor could really have uh, pulled this off. <laughs> this is, and, you know, they put the Targaryen wig on him. That's what people were kind of making fun of him for, how much he looks like uh, Viserys Targaryen from Game of Thrones, who was also an unintentionally lame character. So <laughs> Vicious has a lot of screen time. We learn a lot of his backstory, including his uh, daddy issue with, with uh, John Noble, who is way too good for this show. <laughs> John That's Noble cool. shows up in the most random things. Like you're like John you're Noble like. Noble also huh. shows up in the boys. He does. He does. That's, like, like that's going to be the new like Game of Thrones. Like if you show up in the boys, you're going to like end up on like every television show. <laughs> like you're just like, oh, that guy, that woman was on the boys, and now they're on this show. <laughs> I yeah. I love John Noble. I do like the fact that like um the old people in the anime like looked had these like kind of ugly um. Akira style faces, and in this version, they're just, the uh, the faces are masks. So I thought that was a neat little nod, even if it didn't make sense why they would wear those types of masks. You know, I'm talking about like the syndicate leader masks. I didn't make a lot of sense, but it's it's. I guess you can. Hey, you're making more sense than some of these show episodes of this show. Yeah, I think what this show does is it, it adapts a lot of the visuals without understanding the use of them. <laughs> I think that that's one uh, thing. But no, like of visuals real quick. Oh, go for it. What the fuck is up with all the Dutch angles? Like, is that a thing in the anime? <laughs> no, no. The anime oh, is that, that's good. Um, no, they did. They, they would never like this. The thing is, is the director of that show would never resort to this many egregious Dutch angles. OK, because like I was like, is there like a crick in my neck? Like, am I watching this sideways? Like, it, it was like the whole show. You know what it reminded me of as well? It's like, you remember like uh, from year, a few years ago, Frank Miller directed a movie called The Spirit. I never saw it, but go on. Uh, it, well, it's this terrible thing. He tried to do it in like the Sin City style, but it was just like there's like it was this weird idea and i feel like producers you know made him do it more than him of just like again it's that thing of like this is an anime so we can like do weird things and it's okay it's okay because it's the we're adapting anime and i feel like that's what like caused those decisions to do dutch angles as egregiously like i don't mind like i like dutch angle like if it's like one shot and it's like really like really well done but yeah this one it was just like i don't know yeah, it becomes so much. <laughs> that's like that's when you you could tell there was a meeting where they're like, "What's their visual language for this show?" And they're like, "Well, remember Dutch angles from like noir movies of the '40s?" It's like, "Yes, this is a cowboy show, but it's also Sin Space, and it's also based on an anime. Also, it's he's a noir guy, <laughs> like Spike's noir, and like you know, and then they just threw the whole like kitchen sink at it. So the vicious subplot, um, it. It has a number of changes, which, of course, I guess you can't really talk about Vicious without talking about Julia, who in Cowboy Bebop, uh, the anime is only in an episode and a half. 
and is like featured in very very brief flashbacks and now has an entire um does she have a character arc or does she do things <laughs> is is what she has a satisfying character arc in this season or uh is weird it just- because she i'm sorry for all the spoilers logan she has no presence really in the anime like they really were like they really added her into the show like they were like like the whole thing with julia in like the original show is that you're never fully sure if Julia's alive or not, right? You're just like, you think she's alive. There's like whispers that she's in hiding. She's with Vicious, like, but you never really truly see her. And here it's just like, there's no mystery to it. Like, it's just like, yeah, she's around. And she's like one of our main characters. <laughs> and it makes her less interesting as a result because the show, the anime has this big build up to Julia. So when it happened, and I'm not going to say spoilers about, you know, what happens to Julia, but like when it, fi- when she finally appears, it is significant, and you do kind of in those, um, even though she doesn't have a lot of screen time, you kind of understand how Spike could fall for her. Um, Faye has that quote in the, uh, the finale where it's like, you know, she's, she's the type of ordinary girl that, you know, guys just fall for, you know? Yeah, and here she's like not an ordinary girl. No, like, here, here she's got ambitions, as we learn uh, in the end of the season. She's got real boss, boss lady, yas queen ambitions. So here's what the the showrunners had said in the lead up to the show. They said they wanted to do better with the female characters uh, regarding Faye and Julia. And um, Malcolm, you you had talked about how you don't think uh, the showrunners, by reading things um, that you had read, uh, fully understood it. And I think this is one of the things where I'm like, yeah, they did not understand the material they were adapting at all. Yeah, because like first of all, I felt it's weird because like even though it is, you know, you're talking about something from the '90s, I you know, Faye's a pretty well developed character. Like I was just like based on like she has this, the amnesia. Like in the original show, she has like the amnesia, and she's like really searching for her family or like who she, where she came from. You know, like all that stuff is really fascinating and like. You know, how is she alone in the world or does she have like a descendants or something like that that she could like reunite with? And instead, you know, here it just was like it's kind of like thrown to the side a bit, except for like the one episode in which, you know, her origin is kind of explored with the mother character. But but it doesn't make any sense because she's like been cryogenically frozen. So it's just like this woman can't possibly be her mother. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not that she isn't her mother. It's that she pretended to be her mother and then conned her. But instead of just ditching her, they ended up doing cons together. That's actually to me, probably one of the more interesting. Um, yeah. That was, a, that was a different like shape to it. That's I got to say, instead of it just being this lawyer, she's may or may not be in love with. Although like, they kind of play with that too here, but they don't like go for it. <laughs> but I think like that's actually, you know, I don't think the big moment. So that episode, episode seven, if we're just going to uh, talk about it for, for a moment. We're I think bouncing around like we're on a, uh, a fun park trampoline. It's, you know, <laughs> I tried to organize it character by character. I guess we're talking about Faye right now. Um, so we'll talk about the Faye episode, episode seven. Uh, this is, I guess, somewhat of an adaptation of my favorite episode in the series, Speak Like a Child. It does feature the same ending where, where Faye is watching a video of herself. But the thing is, that episode happens uh, like in the last third of the anime, and we've spent so much time with Faye, and we still haven't been quite sure of her backstory. I guess this happens in the last third of the season, which is now the end of the show. But again, it, the the shape of it is just kind of all out of whack, if you know what I mean. 
don't you they I didn't feel like there's enough time with like Faye. There's not there's not enough time with Faye, exactly. That's what I mean. Like it's for it to really land. Like again, it's like, you know, they got they have what, twenty six episodes in a movie of the original thing, and they're like, Yeah, so we're gonna take episode uh twenty one, we'll take episode like eighteen, we'll take episode thirteen, and we'll take episode like ten, and then we're gonna put and, that in the season. And it's just like and, what? And we'll make episode five the finale of the show. <laughs> exactly. So it's just a lot of it's it's jarring. It's especially jarring if you watch if you've watched the anime before. Um, but I did think upon rewatch that Faye's relationship with her with Whitney. So in the original, Whitney is a man who who uh, cons Faye into falling in love with him, and then she gets screwed over, and she ends up uh, reuniting with him, and blah blah blah. And this one, it's it's a woman like we just said, pretending to be your mother, but still keeps her along with cons. And they have this fun thing with the mink, the mink who I thought was a very fun character. And I want to, enough. if there were a second season, I would like more characters like him. Yo, yeah. You know who played the mink, right? Uh, who did? Tyson uh, Ritter from uh, the band All American Rejects. I didn't know that. Uh, I thought he did a great job as the mink because he's a very fun, silly character. He's also you married know, to the actress who played uh, Julia. That's what I was about oh, to say. So there we go. Nepotism, yeah. guys. Well, he's he's been in a bunch of movies, actually. Oh, okay. like, I mean, obviously, he's like been a, was in a very successful pop punk band in the two thousands. But he's like he was in um, Preacher. He was Jesus in uh, Preacher. Oh shit, he was good in that. And Preacher is very closely in line with The Boys. Shit, that's true. I'm almost surprised oh. he's not in the boys. <laughs> he's got to be in. <laughs> maybe season three. Yeah. So I don't know, Malcolm. Did Malcolm and Logan, how did episode seven land for you? Because I feel that one is like one that has maybe the most meat on it in terms of like actual quality. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a lot to say about it. I'll be honest. Like, uh, it, it, this, I, this show just kind of fell flat for me. And I really don't. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I found Faye's whole kind of arc interesting. And I would like to see it maybe as it sounds like it's handled better in the anime. I'd be interested to watch it there, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It, uh... It's weird. I, you know, like you said, yeah, it falls flat. Like, I know you watched it twice, Jack, but like, when I when I watched it, I'll be honest, I was even kind of bored in the episode. I was just like, oh, all right, here we are. It keeps going, you know. Like, well, I think I, that really comes down to the pacing and the length. Like, I don't think a lot of these episodes need to be 45 minutes long like yeah that's the weirdest part is like they don't even like come up with a good filler like if they're because like that's the thing it's full of filler this whole show is like half of its filler um which sucks because there's like so many like at least in my opinion like 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 having like you know i have a creative writing degree and so like for like from writing perspective i'm always just like there's so many ways to like you know interject some like interesting ideas into like you know there's like certain villains that we see that we don't have as much information about in the anime that we could add to like the live action show. And it's just like, I don't know, just yeah. every time it falls flat. Like it just like, yeah. and I felt like this was another one where it was just like, I get it. Like it's supposed to play into all this. Like, you know, especially like this show, like the part with Faye is uh, that I thought was actually kind of an interesting thing that they played with is, you know, Faye's sexuality here. Yeah. Like Faye in the anime is not queer here she is and like the thing in the oh, anime is that Faye and spike have this like kind of flirtation going on throughout the show where like neither of them are really acting on it but it's like 
in the background. Like it's they like here it's almost played off as like a yeah, brother sister with Jet sort of being the dad. And like in the show or like in the anime, it's sort of played off like Spike and Faye are pretty similar ages and they they clearly have some sort of affection, but like Faye's too busy dealing with the trauma of, you know, coming out of like being Cairo, um, being, you know, having been frozen and, um, you know, and Spike still is dealing with the trauma of like Julia and Vicious and his time in like the Red Dragon and uh, Crime Syndicate. Uh, but here it's like, okay, I, like it's not a bad choice. I actually like thought it was a great, like if you're going to like make those tweaks, like this was great. And like, again, I kind of wanted them to see them like play into like, if you're going to go with that, like, I guess because like in the original Speak Like a Child episode, there is that the love interest of the lawyer is also, or the con artist lawyer is also like a kind of a love interest for Faye. And here I was like, oh, maybe they're going to do that too. And they kind of do, but they don't. Again, I feel it, like I'm not making sense. It's, <laughs> I feel it, like... it's a remix of things. And that's kind of the issue with the show because it tries to remix things, but then it doesn't always come together. It's also each of these episodes features vicious plots, which are also just very jarring and aren't enjoyable because that same episode also features like the stuff with the vicious and the, uh, the eunuch who is, uh, Oh yeah. Um, and also the girl from uh, hunt, the lady from hunt for the wilder people. She's also been in, um, Thor Ragnarok. She's really good, but then, uh, it's killed Waititi off regular. Yeah. Taika Waititi regular. She gets wasted after two episodes. So again, the show the show wastes a lot of things. I'm gonna just say I know we're talk, trying to go character to character, but I wanted to like talk about like if you're talking about things that are wasted, the episode uh, Galileo Hustle, which is the seventh episode, is wait no 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 sorry binary two step is what I'm thinking of, which is the adaption of what my, it's my favorite episode in the anime. Yeah, it might be one of the worst episodes of television I've seen in the last three years. Like it might, hey. like, like it's oh, so is that the virtual bad. reality one. Yeah, it's the virtual reality one oh, where like yeah, they used tough. effects that I I'm pretty sure I haven't seen used uh, since like maybe watching YouTube videos in like 2007. Like just like this weird sort of like filter that makes it look super amateurish and like the set like that he's in like this town on, I think yeah. is Venus, but it's, it's hard to say because they have to get to earth and back to save them. And like, there's the time doesn't seem relevant. It's so dead and empty and fake that I was just like, yeah. they so clearly he's on a back, like a back lot. Like and I get that they had to film some of this stuff in uh, during the COVID and especially in New Zealand where things were like re- more locked down than ever. But my God, like in this, sh- in like for Logan's, uh, for your like information, the episode, uh, which is called head scratch fever in the anime is like heavily inspired by he- the heaven's gate cult. And like the leader of that is, is it's inspiration for like the person who's like on the computer. And then there's this like really great twist at the end about like, who's like coming up with it. And here it just felt like they're like, oh, there's a VR component and we're going to do something kind of trippy. And yet, like, they just, like, do the, like, absolute hackiest fucking bullshit. Like, just, like, what is, like, it's, like, this weird, like, Groundhog Day thing. And then also the weird part about it is that, like, 
Jet is able to like find him. So we're seeing like Spike's angle of like constantly being in this loop. But then you're like, there's this random guy and then Jet. And they're watching, like they're watching him go through it, and he has to fight back. And it was just yeah. like, it's so stupid, and like it just made me. That's when where it really turned off. Like I was just like, God, this is hopeless. <laughs> Binary uh, two step was the episode where I was like, I don't know if I can finish this because I, I I found that to be probably the most exhausting episode of them all. It's, it was it's just also, not doing it for me. Yeah, and I think. So let's also, uh, one thing is, this is the episode that tries to explore Spike's relationship with Julia, because of course, um, that's the only way they can do that, because they're not together, but they still want the two actors to talk. And in that one, we get to hear Spike called by his name, Fearless, a million times, which, sorry, did I interrupt you, Malcolm? I just wanted no, to No, 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 this is good, because yeah, this is where like he starts getting called Fearless, and I'm just like, oh. So this is another change. I don't. I don't hate the idea that Spike Spiegel's name could be an alias. Uh, it's never confirmed in the anime, but you know he's a criminal, so you know that seems like something criminals do. But they decide to, um, I guess, explain why Vicious would be called Vicious by also giving Spike a stupid nickname. <laughs> I think that's their thing. There's just like, you know, if someone's called Vicious, what was Spike called? He must have also been called something fucking dumb. Oh, is that not in the anime? No, completely. No, original. he's not oh. called fearless in the anime. That was another thing. I was I was so confused because I was like, wait, who's Spike then? Because all of a sudden they're like fearless, and I was like, so by the end of it, my like wires were crossed, and I like was thinking like Spike and fearless were two different people, and then I started thinking vicious was called fearless. You know, when they're talking about whoever, and it just it threw me off when all of a sudden they introduced this other name. Fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't get why you have to explain how Spike Spiegel can be his name. It's not like it sounds that ridiculous. It sounds like a decently normal name. I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I like the name Spike Spiegel. It, like, it kind of, like, it's the one of the things I knew about the, sh- the anime before I watched it was, like, okay, there's this character named Spike, and, like, you know, and, like, for whatever reason, I've always had, like, an affinity to, like, just that as a nickname or a name. I'm just, like, it's kind of cool, and... You know, it yeah. works. Like, you have a character named Jet Black. Like, that, like, that, like, and Faye Valentine. Like, these are not names that are, like, you know, the most grounded. So, I like, I, I just, it was just so egregious. It was just, like, you didn't, like, that's the other stuff where it's just, like, oh, we have to over-explain these decisions that, like, we didn't make creatively and be, like, no, this is why he's called this. You're like, it could have just simply been, like, Spike Spiegel's, like, just an alias and, like, we don't really know his name. Like, that's not important. Like, that's the thing. I don't really care if, if his name's Spike or not as an audience member. I care about Spike as a character and, like, what yeah. drives him and what motivates him and, like, why he should be invested in his story and his journey as a character. But I don't give a shit about, like, oh, we have to justify why a character's named Vicious and that the Red Dragon has stupid nicknames for people. Except for Julia. Julia gets to keep her name. It's not like Julia is, like, you know, fearsome or something. Well, you know what? If there was a season two, because of what happens to Julia at the end of the show, maybe she would have taken on a new stupid nickname in season two. So Yeah, that's what true. Would her name have been? What would her name have been? Right I think now? Go. Uh, I like fearsome, to be honest. What, what, would, what would you do uh, or go with, uh, Logan? Spooky. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Queen. I mean, maybe they would have just called her Queen because that sounds like the kind of Yas Queen bullshit that the show is trying to do with her. 
let's talk about one character who works the most, and that's Jet. Uh, Mustafa Shakir, I think, is obviously the closest to the... He's the MVP of the show. He's probably the one reason why I kept watching, like, certain scenes. I was like, this guy, like, is... Like, he's... John, like, John Cho's too good for the show. Most of these actors are, like, too good for the show. But, like, he's the one guy who I kind of feel like understood what he was doing. And, like, he, like... I felt like he was playing... First of all, his character is probably the closest to the anime. Like, they just sort of, like, did that straight adaption. Like, they you know, they have a couple of tweaks to his, like, just, like, his background. But they all were kind of logical tweaks. But, yeah, for in terms of performance, like, he's the MVP. And there's, so, like, no... The it's log- not even close. <laughs> the, the logical tweak they make is to make the black character a deadbeat dad. <laughs> I mean, that, oh, I, I guess that was probably the one episode I didn't watch. <laughs> well, that's part of his backstory, even in episode one. He's got an ex-wife, and um, he does have that fun, um, I don't know if you call it set piece or whatever, but in episode seven, there, you know, he has to stop uh, by and go to his daughter's recital, and he appears as like a hologram while Spike is getting his ass kicked. So like he's like dancing while Spike is getting his ass kicked outside. I thought that was yeah. a fun vision. That was like a fun visual. Yeah, there is an element of like weirdness with like the fact that they gave him the daughter, where it's like it made more sense in the anime, where it's just like he's kind of like childless and is a little bit aimless, and he probably should have you know started a family at some point, but he didn't, and now he's sort of like on this path. Um, and then this one, it's just like, yeah, there is this bit of element of like, dude, why did what are you, the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? Like, be with your daughter. Like, you know, it's, it's like, like do something <clears throat> a little safer. Yeah, um, I sh- we we never got to bring this up because I didn't find this out until after we recorded um, the Bebop the movie episode. But people talk about how John Cho was too old to play Spike, but uh, Jet Black in the anime uh, is actually thirty six years old. So that was a detail I learned and was shocked by. Uh, Malcolm, if, or not Malcolm, uh, Logan. If you type Jet Black uh, anime and you see his design, that man does not look thirty six. Even Cal. Even Cowboy Bebop, the anime, is uh, guilty of anime aging. Oh, yeah, this dude is old as shit. Yeah, yeah he's... it was the one character that I felt like they like aimed, like they cast the, the perfect actor for. Like, again, Spike in the anime is supposed to be 27 years old, and they hired 50-year-old John Cho for the part. John Cho, 50? He's almost oh, 50. That's why. 49. You know, I met him once. Oh, you did? Ah, yes. yeah, I came. I was working at Choices Food Market when I first moved to Vancouver, and he was in town filming. Oh, Maybe Star was, Trek? Oh, The Exorcist show. It was The Exorcist, yeah. And uh, he came in and he bought a sandwich. He's he. Here's the thing: John Cho deserves a better show. Like he is a great actor. He, I've been a fan of his, you know, since I was a kid, having watched him in like Harold and Kumar, you know, he had really good, you know, very funny appearances in like, you know, the American Pie series. And like, you know, I've seen him in a couple of TV shows. And, you know, I think he's been this like Hollywood trendsetter, uh, not trendsetter, but like he's really paved the way for a lot of younger, you know, Asian actors. And he's been in some really great movies as of recently, like Searching. If you've seen Searching, highly recommend it. Incredible movie. He was in a really great movie called Columbus a few years ago. You know, like he he's deserves his due as like being more than just a supporting actor. Like he was always kind of like in these supporting roles. And but I was just like, man, this was not the part to do this. Like I was just like, he I don't know. He just I wanted him 
he, like he he fits tonally like as like he kind like he he's clearly skilled enough to do it it just was like again he just felt like a little too old for the part like i, I had you, no problem with him as the character i think it was just the writing for me but again i don't have the the basis of the anime he's so. not bad in the show i want to yeah. say that right now he's he does as well as he can with what he's given um yeah. i just feel like i i'm the one thing about this show being canceled is that i'm like you can i could be like okay he's not going to be trapped on this show for years <laughs> like he can go off and like do something great like he deserves to be on like his own hbo show like give him totally. Give him an HBO show. Give him just give him a lead, you know, because it's kind of shocking if you look at his IMDb that this is outside of The Exorcist season two, where he's like the main guy. This is truly his first leading, like a number one on the call sheet, like television credit. Like that kind of blew my mind, and that's like up Hollywood. You really have fucked well, up for a while with them it's it's called racism it's called racism. yeah it is called racism what i'm saying is it is racist yeah. that you didn't get the chance before yeah no i i think he's good i don't think he's playing spike i think that much is clear his spike is very different from the spike of the well, anime he's playing but... the spike that christopher yost <laughs> i guess so. the guy who, um, they were like you know who who this a guy who would be great for uh writing this adaptation the guy who wrote thor dark world easily the worst mcu movie out there they're like that's the guy i want i want to see take on this adaptation how how about the guy who wrote max steel right and they're like that's our guy like come on (laughs) matt no one watched max steel (laughs) no one knows that movie exists i didn't know it existed i thought it was like something that got canceled in development or something no they made it mattel was like we gotta do it (laughs) and nobody saw it but andy garcia's in it yeah, they were like, we got, we'll got, we get Andy Garcia and we got, we got Mario Garcia. Bello, or Maria Bello. <laughs> so let's talk about the casting of Spike, because as I brought up, Keanu was at one point attached to this. But what if Keanu had done this now? Now, you know, post-John Wick Keanu, and, you know, Keanu Reeves is like about 10 years older than John Cho, but c- could that have potentially been an interesting take on Spike? Like Spike as this kind of, you know assassin old aging assassin just getting back into it well then don't do it as an adaptation of the (laughs) anime do it as like a sequel or you know something different or like inspired by it like yeah like that that could be really interesting and i think that's the other issue right it's like they're they're making you know this show you know where it's like it's clearly this adaptation and that's why in my opinion john chose miscast is because it's just like you can clearly tell in the show these are like younger people kind of getting into younger, you know, shenanigans. And like, yeah, I think if you were to have Keanu Reeves, you could go into like, you know, Spike's older, you know, uh, and he's with the way the anime goes. It's like you could totally just have like a series of Spike adventures with Keanu Reeves at the, in the lead. Choice was Lakeith Stanfield. I think Lakeith was actually is actually like the right age for Spike and he's got that aloofness. Yeah, yeah, like Keith Stanfield would have been good if they were if they were going to go like and not have an Asian lead, but they were clearly never going to put a white person in the role, which they shouldn't. <laughs> but, well, I mean, Spike. People have also mentioned that Spike Spiegel is Jewish. If you assume that Spiegel is his last name, so there's a whole. I mean, again, like the the anime was pretty international, like famously so. Like you know, I'm glad. Obviously, it, I don't know going down that road <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like that i like that show got to reversing. work. Um, i like that show got to work of course um 
but you know, he was he was an interesting choice when he was cast. I was down for it, but obviously the writing did not serve him well. And I think at the time when he was cast, obviously I didn't hadn't seen the show. I don't think the anime we hadn't even started this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So like I had no clue. I I think it probably would have been like, oh, that's cool. He's getting you know he's getting a show. But now that I've know more and have been enlightened, yeah, indoctrinated uh, into this world. I guess let's talk about like because we've kind of touched on everyone at this point. Let's talk about uh, Faye, who is also a significantly different character in terms of personality. We did talk. Well, do you, what are your thoughts on? Well, Faye? we uh, again, this is a character served by terrible writing. Uh, she is given some of the cringiest fucking lines in the show. Uh, welcome to the ouch motherfucker. If you don't recall, <laughs> oh god, that was that was uh, the most Whedon of Whedon lines. Uh, again, yeah. it, it's it's like this whole show. The everyone has to be quippy, so they give you know they have Faye saying nutbags and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Oh, again, like you know, Faye in the anime is like kind of a selfish person. She do- there are a number of plots where she does get kidnapped, which I guess is the sexist stuff they were referring to. Um, the showrunners were referring to that they didn't want to do. Uh, for example, that's like, okay, yeah, you can, you can do that without, you know, well, yeah. Well, and they actually do that. They do that in the season finale in the, in the, in Ballad of Fallen Angels, which I just watched right before recording this episode. Um, yeah, Faye is kidnapped and she's the one who kind of, you know, Spike has to save her. And this one, Spike and Jet get kidnapped. And then she says, welcome to the ouch and kills a bunch of guys. Which is a fun sequence before that line. Like, it's a fun sequence of just, you know, seeing uh, Faye's uh, ship just fuck up a bunch of syndicate guns. What, what do you have to say? Did you, how do you find uh, the Faye character's performance, uh, Logan? I didn't really resonate. Like, she was, of, of all the quippy characters in this show, and there are a lot, uh, boy, was she the quippiest. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I... I I I did enjoy. I'm surprised to hear that she's uh, not queer in the anime because I thought that resonated very well with her character, um, and was fitting enough from what little I know about her. Um, we talked earlier about how she was in the first episode, which I have no recollection of. Uh, so clearly, she didn't make a strong impact on me initially. Um, but I find her whole amnesia or memory wipe thing uh, interesting enough. Uh, I think I had I spent more time with this character in the anime, maybe I would have stronger opinions. But uh, overall, like of our three leads, I I think I, and it's no fault of the actress, but I think I uh, probably enjoyed Faye's character the least. I felt kind of the same way. I mean, I did like the thing I liked that that the actress did was actually her response to the character's outfit. She did like a Twitter thing where she responded about just, you know, um, she did like a funny little video uh, when when people were criticizing that she didn't look enough like the anime's character. Um, But, you know, clearly she's a good writer when it comes to Twitter responses. Maybe she should have written more uh, scripts. It was just, you know, her kind of snarking at people who said, you know, she didn't have the looks for for the show or that, you know, the outfit wasn't revealing enough and whatever. And she's like, well, yeah, if if you look up Daniela... The, yeah, the anime uh, version is like pretty scantily clad. I mean, yeah, well, that was, those comments are yeah fucked up by fans like tweeting that at her. Like it's like you no, know, they're like this is she's still you know she's an actress, she's a woman, she's a real person, she's not a fucking animated character. You know, yeah. she's you know they've got to you know want to design it. You know, and she is you know a more 
God, I just feel so cliche to say, you know, it's like, you know, got that more independent uh, flair. I'm rolling my own eyes saying that out loud. You know, I like, yeah, I thought she like uh, Daniela Panita. I thought she did a great job in the role. Again, it was like these actors, given what they were given, which was not a lot. I feel yeah. like they did as well as they could have. Like, yeah. you know, and like a lot of the dialogue, in my opinion, as you said, we didn't ask. I probably would have worked in 2005 if this show had come out in like 2005 and was like, you know, on ABC or like, you know, or NBC or one of those networks or like Fox. Yeah, if it was a Fox show at that point or CW, like, yeah, I don't know, probably like wouldn't have really registered for me, but I've been like, okay, yeah. It's just, yeah. it feels so a little dated as well. Like it just like, like it's one of those things where it's like you write dialogue and I feel like the, all the writers were just like kind of laughing like, man, we're killing it right now. We're crushing it. And then I, as the actors are trying to say it out loud, it's just like, it's so hard to sell. Yeah. I think ultimately no one like gives a bad performance. The issue ultimately is the writing and you know, they're just working with what they're given. Yeah. Like the other thing that was disappointing is one of my favorite one-off characters, um, Shows up in the episode "Sad Clown Agogo," uh, Pirouette Lafoe. I think I said his first name right. I've been fucking up his name the whole time. Lafoe, which is the uh, the kind of uh, how do I describe it? With that the genetically enhanced cl- you know clown assassin or like oh that guy yeah I actually yeah yeah he that yeah I thought the, again uh, the actor did a great job with that and like in the episode itself like that one's like. Like in the like the original anime, it's you know they ha- clearly like can do a lot more to be more creative with it. Uh, yeah. I I thought the actor who played the uh, Lafoe did a great job. Um, I did I still... believe that he was scared of dogs. I I, I did <laughs> yeah. like I don't you know I I've seen like the I don't know the actor the Josh Randall who plays him. He seems like he always like got very generic roles, and so I don't know. It was kind of like I was like, "Good for you, man!" To like get out of just like doing generic day player roles and getting to play this like over the top character. Um, I didn't like that they really had to tie in vicious to him. Yeah, like, I was going to say this is this is the episode most guilty of tying everything in that doesn't have to be tied in. Because in the uh, in the original show, uh, Lafoe just kind of escapes on his own and is terrorizing like space London. And in here, it's just like he's like re- been released by Vicious, and like you know, and you get the the flashbacks. But I also felt like again, it was like when you could tell like there were some budget restrictions. It's like in the you could tell like they really kind of keep it small that like he's in this like weird small carnival, whereas in the actual uh, the original anime, he's like in a theme park, like a giant theme park, and they're like got roller coasters and all the rest of it. It was just yeah, it was kind of just egregiously trying to tie everything in here. And they also tie in dogs because originally in the anime it's cats, but they want to tie in Ayn to it. So they tie in Vicious. Oh yeah, the dad, yeah, that's the thing. We never haven't even talked about Ayn. Ayn who's, who's like great, nothing. Who's doesn't like, do anything besides be sort of like everyone's like, oh man, a corgi. Even though he's supposed to be a data dog. Yeah, the, the dog's not in it much at all, really. And then he shows up and I'm like, oh yeah, there's a dog in this. Yeah, he, the dog's kind of an important character in the in the anime, and like the, what's ironic, the dog Ayn and uh, Ed are like attached to the hip, so it's like weird that like Ayn shows up so much earlier than Ed does. <laughs> yeah, no, the dog's thing it was you know funny, and you know even Lafoe being like, "I want my mommy," <laughs> as he like explodes into the sky. 
the, yeah, I, I thought the actor did an admirable job considering how far out that character is. But yeah, he actually felt like he was giving performance uh, quite close to what the anime did. So yeah, he like I said, I wanted to give a shout out to Josh Randall for like he's a uh, just a you know he seems like he's like a kind of a day player actor and he got a chance to like have some fun and it really showed. Your day player actors can do more than just day play. There you go. Yeah, he, of all the villains, like kind of the one off villains, I think he was probably uh, my favorite throughout the series. Yeah, I can't say the one-off villains in this show were particularly interesting, despite the anime having a lot of fun ones. Again, yeah. this is just... He did a good job. Well, I think what it is is that uh, here, like, again, like, you know, you have a 45-minute to an hour-long episode, and it's like, you could have, like, done more with his backstory if you wanted to, like, stretch it out, and they, like, don't, because they gotta, like, you know, have Vicious show up, and, like, there could have been, like, the way they kind of play it in the anime is, like, you know, Lafoe is sort of this like kind of Jack the Ripper stalking the streets, sort of murdering like random gangsters. And people are like, who is this? What's going on in here? They just sort of like throw all the cards like right on the table and go, this is what we're doing. <laughs> and the, and the thing is Spike literally encounters him just by chance. Like he's just killing random people and then Spike happens to witness it and he gets caught up in it. Yeah. Here it's like, because vicious is around, it's like, you know, Spike's vicious, you know, sense is tingling. Co- coincidences are not allowed coincidences that when coincidences can actually be really fun in stories because you know sometimes fucked up shit happens to you in real life too you know yeah that classic deus ex machina yeah i, I guess think i used that right <laughs> i guess we're ready to talk about the the most significant change the yas queen change malcolm uh and also because we should just wrap this show up finally <laughs> Uh, so yes, the most significant change in the show is uh, we get our adaptation of Ballad of Fallen Angels with episode 10, which is the big shootout. This is also where they create some fake drama by having uh, Jet get mad at Spike for lying to him about his um, uh, syndicate connections, which is, again, just something, uh, I don't know. Did, did it fall flat for either of you? Did, you? did you genuinely believe that this was like something that mattered? Like, they're I fucking down here. I didn't know that Jet didn't know for the entire show. So yeah, I didn't know until until they bring it up. He's like, "Oh yeah. wait, Jet will be mad," and then it's like, "Oh okay." Yeah, I just assumed Jet knew, so that was like, oh. "Yeah, that was dumb." I was just like, "Okay, so then <laughs> I don't know." It just felt like a weird choice. So they were like, "We got to have some tension going into season two. They need some tension, and then um, Jet, who who because he has a daughter, the daughter can be kidnapped, which. Uh, results in the whole problem um i think that's why the daughter was added into the show to begin with they're like you know we we need to give a reason for jet to get mad at spike and for them to split up at the end of the season uh for season two which is totally happening wink 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 (laughs) (laughs) wink 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 i haven't seen a fan petition trying to save this show people are just like you know what let's try again in 10 years uh well can't wait i think there's a good adapt like adaptation that someone can do of this like i think like that's definitely possible like i'm kind of relieved that this isn't going on like i feel like i won't be surprised in a few years if they try to make another run at this maybe maybe give us um uh, an older ed spinoff which but like an anime of course like fucking bring, bring back give wantanabe a bunch of money to to bring back some of these characters I think he's done i think wantanabe is like happy doing his other stuff like i think like that's the one thing with the anime is it like ends pretty decisively and i'm don't know if you need to bring it back wantanabe is very cool with saying he's done that's the one thing we can give him credit i for. respect i respect filmmakers who do that where they're just like it's over like 
You know, like I think I kind of like that's why I respect like Steve Carell where he's just like I'm not going back to the office. Like it's just like it won't be good. It's like the same with the uh, the Friends crew. They're all like we can't go back. Like it's it's. I mean the the friend the Friends crew conned everyone into watching a special where they don't even play their fucking characters. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, the whole idea of Friends is like it's all about like that time in your life where your friends are your family, and then like the show obviously like ends with them starting their own families, and then Joey going to LA for his own once two season spinoff. Two whole seasons, man. That's one more season than this show. <laughs> <laughs> Joey um, lasted longer than Cowboy Bebop. Good lord. A live action show, <laughs> yeah. I think it probably even the first season must have been longer. I'm sure it was at least thirteen episodes. So oh, yeah. Well, it's, uh, I think it was a 22 episode. But damn, damn. Because dude. that's, you know, that's the, you know, early 2000 sitcoms, right? That's network television. We're doing 20 to 20 or 20 to 25 episodes a well, season. Yeah, I mean, there's 46 episodes of Joey in total, which is insane. Of course, eight of them went <laughs> unaired initially. Fuck. But the, I fact, think... the fact that there's 46 episodes of Joey is like. So join us next week when we talk about Joey. <laughs> the greatest anime of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, fuck. I think I might do that. I might watch 46 episodes of Joey. I'm like, fuck, maybe the show is better than Friends. And Friends is, nah. Well, you'll see Jennifer Coolidge as Joey's oversexed agent, Roberta Bobby Morgenstern. <laughs> Jennifer Jennifer Coolidge, who also appeared in John Cho's, I don't know if it was acting debut, but his uh, most famous early role, uh, which is American Pie, where he played uh, the MILF guy. Yeah, he's MILF number three in, a, in American Pie, and then he like ends up gaining a character. By American Wedding. Oh, because they're just like, oh, John's show's famous now, so we actually have to, like, you know, give him a name. <laughs> well, the guys who wrote American Pie also, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, ended up writing uh, Harold and Kumar. Like, they're, they're, those two franchises are linked. Oh, that's nice. Level. That's um, cute. And so, uh, yeah. Also, it's, you know, he's, he's hilarious. And that's like, he's a great actor. Like, I wanted to say that right now. He's like, he's so good. Like, he does comedy so well. He does drama so well. Like, this could be just a John Cho fan guy, so, <laughs> fanboy uh, club episode. So, so moving back to, to the big uh, series finale, I suppose, um, Vicious and Spike, they have their big confrontation. Did this part land with you, Logan? Just the vicious and Spike stuff at the very end? Because that, of course, is a very big moment in the anime. And uh, again, that episode, the anime episode, Ballad of Fallen Angels, is considered like one of the all-time best of the series. Um, so how did that confrontation uh, land with you? Did it land episode, at all? So, so episode nine of this live-action version helps uh, the finale, I think, like giving us some backstory. I don't know if it was the right way to go about it to in the last episode before the finale be like oh yeah this is why you should care about this because look at how these guys used to be um i enjoyed it but it wasn't like like it was probably underwhelming all in all because it's just like i'm not really invested in the show so yeah like yeah it probably fell flat and then guess who falls flat spike because he gets shot but not by vicious He gets shot by Julia because uh, Julia um, wants to be the new crime boss. And uh, I still don't get why she shot Spike. I've watched this episode twice now and still don't That's really so understand. It yeah, was very, yeah, again, I think they were, it's one of those, 
I feel like it's one of those things, you know, like you hear sometimes TV writers talk about, like, we just put in a crazy moment at the end and we'll write our, you know, we wrote ourselves in the corner and now we're going to justify it and we'll, like, we'll figure it out later. Like, that's how I felt in that moment. I was just like, oh, you guys yeah. are just, like, wanting to do this. So, again, you have some shock value, even though it's not earned. And, you know, and then you'll be like, and then they'll find out, like, in some convoluted way that, like, you know, Julia shooting Spike was actually a way to save his life and, like, you know, it was the only way to stop this madness or something stupid. It's like, you know, when you, some of these, like, especially CW shows are very, like, guilty of this where they'll be, like, the main characters will be, like, standing around a grave and they'll be like, who's in the grave? Well, f- you'll find out next season. Like, I felt like that was what yeah. they were going for. And, like, yeah, like Logan said, I thought that that whole episode just fell flat. Like, by the, that point, I was just like, I don't really... I don't care about this version of this show. And I, it sucks to say that. Like, I don't really like shitting on stuff like this. Like, it's just like, you know, like, I wanted this to be good. Like, I actually wanted this to be great. Like, I was just like, just so disappointed. Like, that's the thing I felt like. I was like, everything about it just is off. And I think it just really, it's like the producers and the writers. I felt like they had it wrong. And then it just, everything kind of fell apart because of that. Should they have just straight up killed Vicious? Like because, yeah. so they keep they keep him alive and and of course in a future season two we could be excited because Spike and Vicious could inevitably team up. Uh, I think that's what they were probably building towards. Maybe they oh. could team up and take down uh, take Vincent down Julia. Take down, dude. No, take imagine down Julia, if, the big I'm, bad, Queen Spooky, fearsome. The, yeah. the the domestic abuse victim Julia, the true evil. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, which is, by the way, they just, yeah, they don't really <laughs> talk about that. Um, they really don't. They kind of do. And, like, the fr- Julia does, like, she keeps Vicious alive, and then she fires the um, the gun at him, which is empty, just like what Vicious pulled on her, uh, like, episode two. And uh, yeah. Vicious flinches, unlike her or some shit. Or... And then she says, we'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> they really should have just gone all the way and be like, yeah, we're not doing Vicious. This guy sucks. He was he was a useless dude. He was an insult. This is what our social commentary was if you want to go into it. And yeah, she kills Vicious. Yeah, I just wish, like, I just don't feel like the writers were smart enough to think about that sort of stuff. They, they really weren't. And I think they probably did want to have a Vicious Spike team up at some point. I think that was definitely in the cards. Yeah, they there. It's like you get this sense that they had this like f- kind of five season plan, and like, but it wasn't like a good one. <laughs> no, it was not. Who would have? I mean, I guess Logan. You don't even know the character of Vincent, but Malcolm, do you, how do you think they would have tackled Vincent? Uh, they would have done something similar to like Vicious. They were gonna cast some person that like was probably on the boys. So you will just look on the boys Wikipedia page and <laughs> pick an actor. Uh, Jessen Ackles will show up as Vincent, uh, uh, or someone, uh, who knows? Sean, Ash- um, Sean Ashmore is Vincent. Oh, uh, yeah, Sean Ashmore. You got, uh, Haley Joel Osment shows up as, uh, <laughs> Vincent. What if they had a, a lady play Vincent? Um, oh, yeah, you could, uh, you could have, oh, uh, Aya Cash. I was thinking that Aya Cash yeah, is, Aya Ca- well, Aya Cash is too good for this show. <laughs> I uh, everyone like, they cast in this show is too good for this show. I mean, that's, that's kind of that's what we've been saying this entire time. True, yeah. I guess Aya Cash or you know, um, Brittany Allen or who who knows? Well, oh, put uh, Elizabeth Shue in. Elizabeth Shue. Uh, Elizabeth Shue is wonderful. 
And 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 of course, this would have all been tied to the syndicate somehow, despite Vincent being a character pretty pretty separate from the whole stuff in the movie. Yeah, um, that or they would have put him in one episode and then they immediately killed him. Ah, <laughs> uh, God, fans. I don't know. Um, I think we're giving this too much credit. I think I think we're done with this. Unfortunately, it makes me sad that we're ending uh, this whole Bebop coverage on a low note. I'm glad I got to rewatch Ballad of Fallen Angels, which is a very good episode. Uh, and also, having just watched five of these in a row this uh, this afternoon, pacing of Bebop the anime is very jarring after you've watched this bloated show because it's twenty. They're twenty minute mini movies. They're they go by swimmingly, and a lot happens in twenty minutes. But it's all economical. It's economical storytelling, as I like to say. I've done nothing but really shoot on it. And one good thing in the show, uh, actually in episode four, uh, okay. they really hype up bidets. And I'm a big fan of bidets. <laughs> I think bidets are great. So to see bidets getting some like solid representation in a Netflix property was like pretty exciting for me. Uh, I wish I would. Yeah. I've been reading up on bidets and realizing how badly I need one, so... Yeah, listen, Tushy. We uh, we could if you're listening. Uh, let's team up. We we need a sponsorship. So, uh, listen. Yeah, Tushy. Obviously, you know it's America's number one uh, bidet company. Use Honey to, uh, you know, the the app. <laughs> yeah. What's another sponsor we could have uh, to really celebrate the bidet? I agree. Uh, bidets are great. I need one. I've gifted them to other people in the past as gifts because uh, I think it's both funny and. Uh, good and yeah that's that that is a good positive i think another positive i'll give it let's end it on positives like let's uh like jack what's your positive like one positive takeaway from this i think you know i think i did ultimately enjoy the show more than you guys but that's also because i played video games while watching the show so i didn't have to have my full attention so that helped so that's like a background <laughs> oh, come on. okay yeah that's like a cheap play of like i like that show and then like all the boring parts where logan and i are just like oh my god is this is gonna keep going you're just like da 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 playing my jrpg um <laughs> you know it jrp that's how well malcolm knows me at this point he knows they're jrpgs uh, um you know so so what was it what yeah what was your positive so, thing again i think you know the actors have solid chemistry i would have been down to and you know the fun, the thing about watching these adaptations is that you know the original still exists. I can still rewatch Bebop, and so I'm happy. So it, there's kind of a sick thrill in watching this, even though it isn't very good. It's just like I'm kind of just, and when they do make poor story choices, that's kind of exciting because I'm just like, yeah, how do they fuck this up again? Like the Yas Queen moment, I liked. It was fucking stupid. Uh, I'm not sure if it would have would have led to a good season two. Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. Also, Gren was in this show, and me and when we talked about the Gren episode with Mark Blankelther Malcolm, we spent so much time um, wondering how Gren would be adapted. And uh, Gren is just a character, a secretary. Think shout out to Gren for for you know we had such a long conversation about how this non-binary character would be adapted, and uh, very little to say about Gren. Yeah, we didn't even talk about it. We yeah. didn't. I just brought it up just to remind us. So in case listeners are like, wait, they didn't talk about Gren. I'm like, yeah, we should mention Gren. Although Gren just doesn't really do anything in the show. Gren is like the one person like working for Anna, who is the woman who owns the jazz club. Vastly different from the anime. In the anime, Gren is a soldier who is who is assigned male at birth, but then grows boobs because of hormones. Uh, after well, they're, they're forced to change gender against forced, their will. Forced to change gender against their will because of a war that they were in complicated it's probably one of the more um 
problematic things in the uh, the anime, but hey, that's 1999 for you. Gren, Gren is like nothing in this show. I thought the actor yeah. did a fine job in saying the lines, but uh, it's got a lot to do. I think for me, I'll give my positive. Like I, I like I mentioned before, I thought uh, Mustafa Shakir as Jet Black, he was fantastic. Josh uh, Randall also was really great as Lafoe. I thought one the biggest laugh for me from the show. I don't know. I don't think it was intentional, but I thought it was very funny. Was the reveal of like uh, the teddy bomber uh, and the fact that it was like the guy with like the teddy bear head, and then it's just like ripped body. That made me laugh incredibly <laughs> hard. Like I was yeah, like, this was is good, very yeah. funny because in the like anime show, it's like kind of ridiculous. It's a guy and he's got sunglasses and he's a little chubbier, but he's like wearing a teddy bear costume around himself. You see his face, and here they just like went the total opposite. I was like, from a character, like costume design point of view, I was like, all right, that's pretty good. That's a funny, like, that's a, a funny twist on it. And probably a little more realistic to what they were doing. Uh, and also that opening scene, the casino scene, I thought was, you know, again, it's one of those things where like that scene is, I felt was really great, but it like obviously was an empty promise for the show that was to come. So yeah, those are like, yeah, that was those are some of the positives. The Speedwagon guys, cue the music, Sasha. Speedwagon, 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 Speedwagon. Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Nice job, Sasha. So for those just joining in, I don't know why you would join in on this episode, um, but because sure. they wanted us, they wanted us to talk about the live action show. <laughs> I guess so. Just yeah, you, just say the spiel. Yeah, so the Speedwagon for those just joining in is our favorite supporting character in this show. Um, basically, anyone who isn't the leads. Um, I'm going to go with my Speedwagon, and it's going to be me saying something positive. It's going to be the Mink. I thought that character was an interesting, fun character in a show that really struggled to create interesting one-off characters despite that being a strength of um the original series so the fact that the mink is original to this uh live action version and he's a fun dude you know he turns out he's in like a weird um sex role play with um Faye's fake mom and they kill a guy because he learned the safe word you know that was all pretty fucking funny i thought you know the mink is a bright spot all right um i'm just gonna go with uh, we haven't really talked about them uh, I thought the actors uh, who played um, Judy and Punch, I thought they did a great job, uh, the, the, which are the hosts of Big Shot, that the Bounty Hunter program. I thought that was one of the things that they did pretty well that was faithful to, uh, from the anime. And yeah, I mean, they were fine. My, but my real speed wagon goes to Mustafa Shakir, I thought, again. I know that he's the one of the main actors, but he was so good. He, like, that guy... I hope he gets a lot more work because he was fantastic. He was hilarious. I thought he stole the show with what he was given. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I uh, <laughs> we, we didn't talk about this episode or this character. Uh, so, I suppose now is as good a time as any. Uh, as a big fan of this actress, I was really surprised and enjoyed seeing them show up in this, despite the show itself. Um Wow, what a treat to see Adrienne Barbeau as Maria Murdoch, an eco-fascist mastermind who will go to extremes to protect nature. 
Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, that's a another actually like kind of more faithful. Uh, and a, well, not faithful, but like that's you know I remember that character from the anime. Yeah, no, seeing people get turned into trees as well was genuinely horrifying. Uh, the effect for that I actually really enjoyed, and it made me pretty uncomfortable in a good way. Uh, you know, some like real kind of body horror there that I didn't expect. And uh, yeah, I, I you know I don't I, I don't think there was a lot to the character, but it was just nice to see Adrian Barbeau show up. Yeah, it's always nice to see like uh, you know one of the old school scream queens like having a bit of a resurgence. I mean, she you know she was in Carnival a few years ago, but yeah, having her you know pop in here and there. Maybe this isn't the thing that I would call the start of her resurgence, but having her pop in was was a nice touch. That's Absolutely. what it was inspired casting. They they uh, did a solid job. I know I keep going back. I thought we were done. Malcolm, do you remember Shin and Lynn from the the Bebop uh, show? They were the two brothers who get killed. They're kind of like Kenny almost. Uh, Lynn is briefly mentioned in episode ten by Anna, so I just want to bring that up just to make sure we we exhaust every possible angle that we. Oh, can. I forgot about Shin and Lynn. <laughs> Shin and Lynn are two um, nondescript uh, syndicate thugs who both die really shit, really lame deaths, and it's. Kind of oh, like, I do remember. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, Lynn is briefly mentioned. And upon my second viewing, because I've watched the show twice now, upon my second viewing, I picked up a line where Lynn is mentioned. Shout out to Lynn, uh, who will not be portrayed by any actor, but is in, is in, when, is in the canon of the Bebop live-action universe. <laughs> and why won't they be portrayed, Jack? Because the show's been canceled. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> exactly you the music i think we're just gonna go into it all right uh well uh logan where can people find you oh i'm on instagram at a uh, hey hey logan uh as well my website loganmiddleton.ca jack where can people find you jack is jack on instagram and only real jack m on twitter i'm on uh, instagram at malcolm rj mcleod i'm on uh twitter at Malcolm R. J. McLeod, varying degrees of activity, uh, but I'm there. Uh, and uh, you can follow the podcast at Is This Anime Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. If you enjoyed this, uh, feel free to give us some stars, some likes. Uh, it really helps a small podcast like us out when you do. Uh, Spotify recently brought in a rating system, so if you're listening to this on Spotify, please, uh, uh, if you can, uh, yeah, give us a rating. Hopefully, this is uh, entertaining. I know we. Uh, didn't have a lot of positive things to say about the live action Cowboy Bebop, but if you go back to the back calendar, uh, or not calendar, but the back catalog of our uh, episodes, you'll see us uh, praise both, you know, the anime for Cowboy Bebop as well as the anime of other shows. Uh, yeah, if you uh, enjoyed it and you wanted to go back and listen to some of our other episodes, Logan has uh, guested on the Star Wars Clone Wars episode, on the Castlevania episode, JoJo, some others. You can look up his name when you look up this podcast. Uh, yeah, please uh, give us some of that. Or if you're listening on Apple, give us some stars, leave a review. It really helps a small podcast like us out. Uh, anyways, uh, Jack, before we go, what are we going to be uh, talking about next week? This week we're talking about Initial D, the movie, with uh, returning guest Maddie Vu. And um, enjoy that. Due to the nonlinear nature of our recording, I can say, if you want one hint as to that episode, it is chaos. Chaos. <laughs> Unbridled. If you're expe- let's just get this out of the way um, to pr- to prep your expectations. Uh, if you're expecting a standard episode of us talking about the anime, you'll be highly disappointed. But if you want uh, to watch me have a breakdown 
and uh, listen to Maddie and Malcolm riff, then I, this will be one of your favorite episodes. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Uh, it's yeah. It's, uh, hopefully it's a fun one. Uh, anyways, I, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, anyways, uh, remember, just watch the anime. All right. The anime is way better than this. <laughs> just watch it. All right. Goodbye. See you space cowboy.